This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in, third and final hour here on Friday. And now it is time for our weekly chat with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her this week is Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. And good morning, Councilors. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. And it's a it's a nice one. We're starting off this weekend with uh, some some good weather, and it's going to be good weather that will um, carry us through all of the uh, Memorial Day exercises, Memorial exercises throughout the weekend. Council President Morad. Yep, it's going to be a beautiful weekend. I'm hoping everybody comes out and, uh, you know, remembers our veterans who have given the ultimate sacrifice and who have passed away. Uh, we're looking forward to the weekend. We're very active as a group at many of the memorial services throughout the weekend. Uh, when we leave you today, um, several of us, um, Councilors Marky, Giesta, Oliver, uh, Councilor Pereira, Councilor Burgo. Councilor Connie, are you joining us today? Yes, I am. Tatani and myself were headed to Pine Grove Cemetery to work with Chris Gomes, our veteran agent, uh, to flag the veterans' uh, graves at Pine Grove Cemetery today. We've been doing that now for the last five, six years. It's a um, it, yeah, I enjoy it very much. I know my colleagues do as well, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And yes, there are a majority of us going, Tim. And yes, I posted it as a public hearing. <laughs> <laughs> glad we, glad we, we've got that all covered. Yeah, we got to get that down. But, you know, it, it's. I want to congratulate and thank Councilor Markey. We've been doing this for several years. It's hard work. That's, there's no question about this, um, especially in this time where the ground's really hard. We haven't had a lot of rain lately, and digging the hole to put that flag in, it, that's a lot of work. So Councilor Markey came up with this ingenious little thing. It looks like a pogo stick, and we're going to try them out today. We've got several of them. That will help us penetrate the high ground so we can place the fat flag properly. So he's ingenious and he did it himself, and we appreciate it. Little, little uh, ingenuity. So speaking of ingenuity, that's what's going to have to happen a little bit here with, uh, you know, making sure that as the costs increase go up for, you know, to, to, to fix the sewer and water issues, as those are going up, the, the cost of doing that work, you're trying to make sure that you can keep the, uh, the fees as low as you can for the for the taxpayers, but it's a it's a delicate balance. I know Council President Moore in the Finance Committee this week. That was one of the big topics. Yep, we had um, a loan order in front of us for that authorized us to move forward with uh, three wastewater projects in fiscal 2024. It's a 20 million dollar order. It's covering some um, the Howard Avenue pumping stations, which are like 100 years old and need to be replaced and some work on the Buttonwood Brook and Kempton Street uh, to clear that water that we're having issues with from an environmental perspective. So we authorized that so they can at least begin to do the design of those projects and go out and get some uh, funding for that. But there is a request again this year for us to uh, increase. Water rates have already increased. Uh, Council Kine can speak about that, but sewer rates, that's done on an annual basis by the council. And um, last year, the increase was about 9%. This year, the city is asking us to utilize $2 million of the free cash in the water 
um, in the wastewater stabilization account. And by doing that, the rate's going to be 7.7%. We had a long conversation about it. Most of us are not happy about the EPA-mandated um, uh, requirements without any funding. And uh, Council Gomes was beating the drum about why we're not getting funding from you know Washington for this. And Councilor Carney, she can speak to that, beating the drum as to why we're not using, like all other communities, opera funds for this. Councilor Carney. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've been beating my, my chest about these opera funds. Starting one with the, when we raised the, uh, you know, at the water board, we had raised the water rates, where um, I was the only no on the water board to raise that rate. Because I felt that um, we have these opera funds sitting there at, sitting there and the opera funds can be used for the water projects and for the sewer projects. And um, we still have $32 million, half of it, according to our CFO, half of it is still sitting there. So I'm still wondering why we're not using a bulk of those funds so we can gradually increase. We know that we have to increase water and sewer. That's just what happens because it's the cost of doing business. But because of the infrastructure that we have to replace mandated by the EPA, it's a major cost on the taxes, on, the, on our taxpayers. And if we can at least lessen some of the burden by using some of these funds so we don't have to make these higher rates and, these, uh, and gradually bring it up so it's not such a big hit. As you know, I mean, uh, you know, we get calls about the taxes. Everything has gone up. And, you know, look at look at our new budget this year. We're looking at millions of dollars in an increase. And, you know, and people are just flabbergasted on, you know, their taxes. And so am I because we're, we're homeowners and we also pay taxes. So not only are our residents, city councils are feeling the hit, too. So, I mean, we, we need to start looking at other things. And hopefully uh, the administration will part with some of the ARPA funds so we can not make such a huge increase on our sewer rates and um, on our in our water rates and alleviate that's, some of that. That's true. And Tim, you know, to put it in dollars and cents, look, I know this has got to be done. I get it. There's no question we have to do this. But, but you know, in two years, we're increasing just the sewer rate, just the sewer rate, $180. Uh, that's the average increase on homeowners. That doesn't include water. That doesn't include tax. That doesn't include CPA. I know you don't want to talk about that today. Neither do I. But, you know, in two years, we're asking people to take an additional almost $200 average. That's people who use average water uh, out of their pocket to pay for sewer and water bills. And I know New Bedford is not as high as some of our surrounding communities. And I know for many years uh, we have had lower sewer and water rates thanks to the ingenuity of people like Ron LaBelle and uh, Zebaruda. And I know, you know, you got to pay for, you got to pay the bill, but there's got to be other ways to mitigate the increase. And this is going to be an increase that's going on for the next six years. It's not something that's just going to stop. There's going to be increases in 25, 26, 27, and 28. And, and as we've said too in the past, that um, we're trying to make sure that rent stay rents stay low so that people can uh, be able to afford to come into the city and stay in the city and stay in the places that they're living. But if the landlords are paying those increased water and sewer bills, they're going to want to pass that on and that's going to have to get worked into the rent. Yeah, I mean, rental property is a business. They're not looking to lose money. Well, maybe some of them are for tax purposes, but 
I mean, most people are looking to make a little money and to grow the investment uh, of the equity in the house so that they can either use that for something else or buy another one. And, you know, we keep dipping in everybody's pocket. And we're not talking about the business rates. I mean, the business rates for water and sewer are even higher than the residential. So when, when you're dealing with this issue, I'm sure this is probably something that you're, you're starting to hear from the constituents already that they're concerned. I'm hearing it from callers that they're concerned. And yeah. really, what can they do if they want to see you be able to use these ARPA funds to be able to do that? How can they you know, have their voices be heard to say, we want to see this happen? Well, I, I guess they can reach out to the administration. I mean, uh, the count, most of the counselors, there's a couple that, you know, think that the way the administration wants to spend the ARPA funds, I think Councilor Carney said this the other night, ARPA funds weren't uh, given to the cities and towns in the country for special, uh, specialized groups. They were given their relief for everybody. And unfortunately, in my opinion, the city hasn't used their ARPA funds at this point to give relief to everybody. What they've done is they've given relief to different groups um, and to, you know, projects that, granted, need to be done. But we got to spend some of this money to relieve the taxpayer. So I would say, you know, reach out to the administration there. At this point, unfortunately, the way the money was given to the cities and towns, uh, they are in control of how money gets spent. The council can only beat the drum. Right, and, and, and that's true. I mean, we, you know, the proposals came, when we got the proposal for the opera funds, it, be, it came before the city council as a proposal from the administration. It wasn't our proposal going back. It was the other way around. So it was, here's the breakdown, here's what we want to use it on. And, and I'm not saying that these projects and things aren't worthy. They are worthy. But I'm looking at the overall taxpayer. I'm looking at everybody should be getting a piece of it. It's a rescue plan. You know, and the way I looked at it, everybody flushes the toilet, whether you're a business or whether you're, uh, <laughs> whether you're uh, an individual homeowner and you turn on the faucet. So by turning on the faucet and by flushing the toilet, that means everybody's going to get a piece of that. And it didn't work that way. So I'm hoping that with some of the money we still have, $60 million sitting in Bristol County. I mean, there's yeah. some more Apple funds that we need to spend that. According, we have to spend it first and they reimburse it. But like our good counselor from Ward 6, he's spoken to another, a lot of communities where they have, they're utilizing their Apple funds. And I know a CFO wants to be very cautious because he doesn't want to spend the money and then not get, get reimbursed for it. So he's being very cautious and I get that. But I think we need to dig into more, speak to speak to Bristol County, to our um, county commissioners to find out, here you go, here's these projects. Because if we can utilize this money, too, for our, for our water and wastewater projects, that's another, that's another part of money. And that's $60 million. And when you look at these projects, it's $5 million here, $10 million there, $6 million there. And we need to do these projects so we can at least get some of these projects off the table by committing that money to them, it's going to ease the increase on water in the wastewater. And the other communities are using um, their uh, uh, Bristol County upper allocation for uh, water and sewer infrastructure projects. So um, there is precedent already set, but we beat that drum pretty hard the other night. I, I don't know if that was heard or not. It's, it is very frustrating because as I said, and as Council Carney said, it was presented in front of us. We tried to um, make some changes to what was recommended. I, 
Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there that night because of a family tragedy. But, you know, my colleagues made a determination what they wanted to do. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a struggle since the day it was presented. I, I know another topic that was discussed was the uh, the transportation contracts for the school department that uh, a contract has been approved. Can you give us some insight into what that contract entails? I can say, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> ouch. That hurt. But, you know, we did get a good deal, though. Um, we have three trans- – we approved the contract with three companies, uh, Trembley Bus, Reliable Bus, and Wailing City Transport. All three of them have uh, local companies. All three of them have been working with us for many years. And, um, I, you know, we should congratulate the school department. I, I don't know who negotiated it, whether it was Andrew O'Leary or whether it was a team of people with Thomas Anderson. But, you know, they did a good deal. They get, get us a good deal. Uh, the rates are lower than any of the surrounding communities. And there's uh, nice, um, you know, abilities to continue the contracts at the current rates uh, for a period of three to five years. So that, I thought it was a success for them. I don't know how you felt, Council County. Other oh, than no, I'm, that I'm it's just expensive. saying, uh, no, it wasn't yeah. a success because we, it, it's our responsibility uh, with our taxpayers' money to transport our students back and forth to school. It's just that the cost of doing business these days have increased yeah. tremendously. Um, that's not anything that we can help. I mean, everybody has to do their business, but that's, it is what it is. So even though I say, ouch, it's just a big ticket item that we are responsible as the taxpayers for it. But, I mean, I don't think we could have got a better deal anyplace else. And the and the, the companies that we deal with, we've been dealing forever. They're phenomenal. Um, you know, they've, they've been with us and they're, they're, doing, us, they're doing us good. Um, they're keeping their, their uh, you know, their, um, their charges down to a minimum raw. And we're not getting hit like Council Moore had said, like the other communities are getting uh, hit whacked pretty hard. Um, it's just, it's just that it's just the cost of doing business. And when you look at these totals, they're just, they're just a lot of money. That's yeah. it. And, so and it and they're locally owned companies, Correct. which for me that's a positive because yes. you know they know our community and they're they're actually maybe transporting their own kids and their own family members. And, and you want to a great community, and they're and they're great, and you know they've always been good to us. Assembly's always willing city. They've always been good to us and and reliable. And we want to keep everything local. At least it feeds back into our local economy because they're bus drivers and everything. They're gassing up. They're gassing up using our local businesses. So it's only just you know regenerating the economy too when we keep local like this. And, and you want to keep those relationships in good standing, too, because as, you know, school buildings are replaced and there's probably going to be some consolidation in some places, there's going to be a need to transport more students. So you want to make sure that they're always trying to give you the best the best contract that they can. And I think they do. Absolutely. Yep. And also there was um, the discussion of the hiring of the first person under this new Unit C reclassification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, and the first one comes with a request not to begin the person at step one. And, you know, I'm banging my head against the wall because, you know, we just we just increased the salaries of uh, the first step, and here we are with the first person. And in this case, this position, um, you know, I hope, I hope your listeners are hearing, this position started $17,000 higher than it was a year ago. 
So, well, this is one of the ones that got, uh, this wasn't recommended by the council, it was recommended by the administration. You know, we've got a pretty big percentage and pretty big dollar bump. Um, you know, the starting salary of this uh, at step one would be a little over $90,000. And the request coming from our solicitor is to bring it in at step three uh, at $99,000, $10,000 more. And I just, the person has experience, so there's no question about it. But you're coming to a new job, and you know, we're asking them to, to come in at step three. And I, I'm opposed to that. And honestly, I said this in public the other night, I respect and admire uh, Solicitor Dakes. He's a good man. He knows his stuff. He works hard. But this candidate doesn't want to live in the city of New Bedford. And so he'll be uh, responsible for taking a 10% pay cut which sounds to me like a bunch of smoke and mirrors here that maybe right. you could have gotten this person for $90,000, but because he has to take a 10% pay cut, he, they want to bring him in at 99. And I prefer you to be honest and upfront with me about that conversation versus trying to hide it, but that's the way things are generally presented to the council. The, 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 the math does suspiciously work out. Doesn't it? Huh? Yeah, so, yeah. 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 But you know, but, but we just went through that whole exercise and we went through it several years back. But we always get the reasoning that we cannot hire folks in New Bedford because we just don't pay enough. So we do this big search and screening, look at all the local communities, and we bring our unit C's up to a pay rate. And then we, as soon as we get there and we agree to that pay rate, then all of a sudden we still can't find anybody. So... I just get frustrated that we're always doing this research to bring our pay grades up so we can be competitive. And as soon as we pass it, all of a sudden we're not competitive anymore. Now we have to bring them in because we're not competitive anymore. It just seems like a vicious circle going round and round and round. Yep. I mean, we just, we just approved it. We I agree. just and, approved it. And one other thing to add to that, Councilor Tiny, is to me it's a morality. You know, yes, this gentleman has good experience, but so do other people. And this is this speaks to Council Connie's motion to move people up the pay scale for experience. So here you have people who have been in the solicitor's office for uh, 10 years, 20 years, and they're at step one or two based on what we just did in the pay raise. And here's a gentleman coming in who has experience. You put him at step three. Um, you know, what does that say to the other people who've been toiling for the city for many years? Uh, to me, this, this, is, this is not the way you should conduct business, but um, um, we'll see. Uh, the council gets a vote. I believe the vote, if I was correct, on referring it out of committee was 8-1. Uh, I think I was the one. A couple colleagues were missing uh, at the finance committee. But I'm sure that when it gets to the council meeting, um, it, it might end up being a 10-1 vote. Well, one, one way that you could maybe avoid them playing those kind of numbers games is would be to repeal that ordinance to, to have to have employees live in the city. Would that be something that might be on the table? I don't think so. Not until the administration is willing to be honest about things. Um, you know, I, as, as I said to you before, I have absolutely no issue. The, you remember, the administration doesn't want us to repeal it and allow people to live anywhere. The administration wants to repeal it and have the right to determine who can and cannot get a residency waiver. So I would be in favor of repealing it totally, allow people to live wherever they want. I've been on record saying that since day one, no matter who it is, but not have the administration in the middle. 
and the administration still wants to say, I'm going to determine whether I'm going to put forth a residency waiver or not for a certain person. I don't agree with that. You can't have both. It's either all or none. Right, and I, and, and I totally agree with that also. I have no problems with letting people live wherever. But my problem is is that we have our the people that make the, the least amount of money within our um, governing body here, uh, within the city, they're the ones who are required to live in the city. To me, that is not fair. If you're going to let anybody live in the live out of the city, that goes for all employees throughout the entire city should be able to live anywhere they want. Not just except, the people that are making the big me. bucks. Except you and me, Council County. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. But I'm seeing our, 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 our working force yeah. that, that works yeah. for the city. The only ones that can really afford to live out of the city and take the 10% are the unit seats because they're making the big bucks. But the AFSCME workers and the, and the worker bees that are really the backbone of the city have to remain in the city. And as, as costs go up, they can't afford to buy a house. They can't afford to do a lot of things that the unit C can do it. So if you're going to make a re- get rid of residency waivers, it goes for the entire employees of the city so they can pick and choose where they want to live. I don't want to, you know, if we can be fair, we'd be fair to all. So as it stands now, I'm going to stick with what we have in place unless we can let everybody live anywhere they want. And uh, before we let you go, uh, Council President Morad, I have a question that came in from your favorite listener and caller, uh, Gilly Safiolis, who wanted me to ask about the, I, I guess uh, Councillor Pereira had a motion last year to bring in the leadership of the Housing Authority to come in and talk about some of the issues that were going on there. And he was just wondering if there was an update if, you know, and if and when that was going to happen. If you were aware uh, of one. I, I don't remember the motion. I know that the Housing Authority, uh, by the way, one of the Housing Authority members uh, passed away this week, Mel Davis. May he rest at peace. But um, they, they have the same issues that we have from an open meeting perspective. Uh, they cannot, a majority of them cannot attend a public meeting or any meeting. And so I'm sure they're struggling with that type of issue. I know we've had some conversations individually with members of the Housing Authority and with the director about the issues. And, um, you know, we continue to have those conversations and trying to make the housing units in our city that are under the direction of the New Bedford Housing Authority uh, welcoming places and safe places to live. And, and one of the comments that, that Gilly was making is that, you know, that you, the council, are the bosses of the Housing Authority. Is that true or is it something that's, that's handled by the state? Uh, I'm not the boss of the Housing Authority. I have the ability to uh, to appoint the members of the board representing the city. Oh, there goes that phone number again. <laughs> uh, so that they are aware of, um, uh, so that they have the, their terms. But I'm, I'm not in charge of the director. That's the state's position, I believe. Yeah, they're, 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 the state's the ones yeah, that actually... We are not the boss. Of, we, all, we, all we are is in, all we do is appoint them. And same thing with the... With the um, you commission the park, the park board. They're all mandated by the state of Massachusetts. We just appoint them, and then they follow that lead. So, um, you know, the only the only recourse we have is we don't like what somebody's doing. We just don't reappoint, reappoint them the next time. And uh, I'm sorry, Council President Moore, that was probably Gilly calling you because uh, <laughs> he didn't like the answer to his question. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think he would do that. Honestly, he probably, <laughs> he probably doesn't. So. So, he should be concerned about where he lives, and he should leave. The- 
you know, the residents and the various housing authorities and the fact he haunts um, alone. Those people are trying to live in peace. We've never had so many calls for service from the New Bedford Police Department uh, down at the um, at the uh, housing authority in the South End than since um, Mr. Safiolis has been down there. So it's an issue. It's a big issue. So we're out of time for this week, and, and next week we will not be speaking, but the week after you'll be back with us with, uh, with Councilor Pereira. Yeah, I won't be able to join you next week. Um, I'm sure you'll fill the time slot appropriately, and uh, I'll be back with uh, Councilor Pereira. We'll look forward to chatting with you. All right. Thank you both, and you both have a great well, thank weekend. Thank you. You have thank a great you. You weekend, and happy us. Memorial Day weekend to all the listeners. Yep, and you think about us in the next three to four hours. We'll be out there. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, and uh, everybody else can get out there and start joining you for some of these uh, memorial exercises. So uh, we will talk soon. Good. Take care. Thank you for the time, Tim. Yep. And Thank you, Tim. Have a great weekend. You Bye. too. And callers, uh, we will get right back to you. I'm going to take a break right here. Just a heads up, Kate is not going to be giving us an 8.30 newscast, uh, mainly because there's some breaking news happening that she's going to go down and uh, and investigate. There is apparently right now uh, down at the Marine Commerce Terminal area, there is uh, there are members of New Bedford Local 1413, the Longshoremen. They're down there uh, picketing because there's... The complaint is that there's very little New Bedford residents involved in this project, so they are down there uh, picketing. Kate's going down there to speak with them and to find out more about what's going on, so she'll be back in a little while to report some more for us, but we just wanted to let you know that that was, um, that was happening, and so we won't have an 8.30 newscast, but we will have an 8.30 commercial break. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, welcome back. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hey, Tim Skilly. Hey, May I ask you a question? Yes. Okay, my question is, Linda Moran made the statement. There's two things I want to bring up that they made a statement on, which is false, false, false. My question is, when she mentioned about they, but the commissioners, they have where they can't be all together at one time. Did she make that statement? No, the counselors. No, no, I'm talking about the commissioners that I asked. Oh, no, she's, oh, she said right now they're having problems, yeah, getting together. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but the bottom line, they're not elected officials, so they can be together anywhere. No, I don't think it was that. I think it's what she was saying is that there's other things going on with them so that they're having trouble getting together for their own, you know, purposes. As she mentioned, one of them just passed away. Okay, I realize that. Okay, Davis, I understand. But let me put up something else up there. When she said about appointing people for positions over and, and starting them off at a third level. Okay. See, they talk with mirrors back when they hired Dennis Ferriers as the clerk to replace uh, Mrs. Aruda. They retired. Okay. His name wasn't even on the thing. They opened it up specially so he can get his application in there. The problem is he graduated at a new Bedford high school. 1990. In 2014 is when they appointed him. 24 years after he graduated, he didn't have a bachelor's degree, didn't graduate from college. And they started him not on the first level, no, they started him on over the third level because they gave him $79,000 with no qualifications. So when it's one of their own, they open up the bids again, and now all of a sudden they're talking about hiring somebody they put the weight of somebody else. That's my problem. They have jurisdiction over the commissioners. 
the commissioners are appointed, they, they are put on there by the mayors. And the mayors put them on there. They can vote against them. They mm. didn't show up when they recommended by the commission, uh, by the city council, it's their boss, the, the commissioner's boss, not anybody else on the housing thing. Okay. Well, I'm going to hold. I'm, I'm going to hold you there because I think we've we've covered this for this morning. I know we covered it, but they're up there and they're talking out of their keys. All right. Okay. Noted. Really? Have a good Have a good weekend. And uh, just um, we have to go back to the. I think the only person that cares about this is is Gillian. He'll tell you that that's you know somebody has to, but um, I just think that it gets it's. You get lost in the weeds for a lot of the listeners. Let me take my next break because I have a couple that I have to take before the end of the program today. Keep in mind that uh, Chris and Marcus will have you coming up at 9 a.m. And, of course, they're going to head you into the holiday weekend with um, the, well, really just the same great talk they've had all week. But I'm hoping that they take some of that Friday night show energy they had on South Coast tonight and they bring it to the Friday morning show. Uh, and, of course, tonight we are not going to have South Coast tonight. Jess Machado is actually going to be off. Um, so we are going to be running on the best of Howie Carr uh, this evening. But uh, we will have all of our Saturday programming for you tomorrow. And then on Monday, we're giving everybody the day off. But we'll still have all the great network programming here for you to hear as well. So we'll take a break. Be back in a few. And welcome back. Kate Robinson reports there were about uh, two dozen or so members of the International Longshoremen's Association down there uh, picketing outside of the Marine Commerce Terminal about how these jobs are not going to local people as promised. So she's down there uh, handling that right now. And we'll give you more information when we have it. Right now, let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. By the way, I've made contact with Mass Wildlife. We're working on scheduling somebody to come on to talk bears with us next week so that we can find out, you know, is this an isolated incident? Is this something we can expect more of in the future? Uh, good morning. You were on. Nope. I, okay. Let's go to this one. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Him, our friendship has come to an impasse. What, is it over this the bear? It's unbearable. Yeah. I saw that meme you did last night. You took my idea, which I exposed to thousands of WBSM listeners yesterday about South Coast bear tours, and you exploited it about vacationing in the South Coast in that meme you posted. The, the, the bear wanted to go for a swim, and then, you know, he's going to see all the other tourists here, and he's going to say, oh, you know what, I picked the wrong weekend to come to the South Coast. Well, you may you may or may not be hearing from my lawyers from State Street in Boston. I hey, can't believe you did this to me. Bring it on. I got a lawyer who's coming on at 9 a.m. He can defend me. All right, buddy. <laughs> it's so unbearable. All right. You have a good weekend. Bear with me, and uh, we'll we'll talk again next week. Yep. Take it easy. 508-996-0500 if you want to chime in. Uh, of course, the bear update this morning was that the bear is in Wareham. Uh, last night, he was seen in Cremeset, Little Harbor, and Onset. This morning, uh, he was around 6 a.m. He was spotted in the Indian Mound Beach area. So the bear is in Wareham. There's even some unconfirmed reports. He made an appearance at the Bourne Scenic Park campground at the base of the Bourne Bridge and that he um, got into the trash. So uh, the first, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of acting up a little bit here. Like he might have to be put into bear timeout. Earlier, we were talking about the, the target controversy, and uh, we got some app chat messages. Uh, we got one here. Hold on. Let me open this up because it's a little bit longer than what shows up in the app form. Just listening. This, this comes from uh, Lisa in New Bedford. Just listening this morning. 
You're wrong. Target is wrong. Stop sexualizing children, please. Trans and whatever else commit suicide because they're all mentally ill. They're all ill mentally, rather, I should say. It's not because of words from people, but it's one's own life to be responsible for. I'm not responsible for any. And then she used a slur that's used for gay people. Uh, any of those person's lives. So you told me all you need to tell me, Lisa, with the language that you chose to use in that comment, that you're a hateful person. So I'm just going to take your app chat message and move it to the garbage because it's a garbage comment. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Tim. Yes. Why hasn't anybody made an effort to apprehend the bear safely? Why has it been allowed to wander this long? There's been a few attempts to uh, tranquilize it. Uh, I know, I believe in Fall River, when it was up in the, the north end of Fall River, they tried to tranquilize it then. I know when it was in Marion on Converse Way the other day, they tried to tranquilize it. They were not successful in being able to do so. He kind of just went off. Or maybe they decided against it because he went off on his own. But ideally, you want the bear to learn this path on his own so that he realizes there's nothing really here for him and then he keeps on going. But that depends on people also making sure that they don't have anything here for him. They secure their trash well, and take in their well, bird feeders and all of that. What would be his ultimate destination though? Does he know what it is? No. So what happens is, from what I understand, and that's why I want Mass, Mass, Mass Wildlife to join us next week, but from what I understand, they just go off in search of food. They go off in search of mates because it's mating season in a couple of weeks. So he's just wandering around looking to see what he can find. And because they can cover so much ground, it's not that big of a deal for him to come down here, but that he'll eventually make his way back up to where the rest of his bear community is. Hopefully. Yeah, or maybe. I mean, I mean hopefully he, that he, go, he gets... Uh apprehended there the other possibility is that there's more of them here and that we're just seeing them come out more now because we're getting close to mating season so we could have bears that have been here that we just aren't aware of i understand we'll see thanks tim have a good weekend you too 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in i think i can squeeze in one more before i got to take a break let's see where, which one this one here good morning you're on wbsm good morning tim how are you Hi, I just wanted to comment about the bear, mm -hmm. and I wish people would just leave it alone. There are thousands of communities around the United States that live with bears in their backyards. Sure. Why can't, why can't we? I, I think make a big thing about it. Why chase it all over the place, harass it, push it? Just leave it alone and I live with it like everybody else does. And I think that'll be what happens in the future. I think right now it's just so different that we have. And as I've said before, I said earlier in the week, this isn't about the bear. This is about people and their inability to deal with the fact that there's a bear here. The police aren't showing up because they're worried about what the bear is going to do. The police are showing up because they're worried about that the people won't respect the bear and will try to, you know, get too close to it or pet it or something like that. So once we do kind of learn and get used to it, I think you'll see it be, you know, no different than having a, a, a coyote wandering through your neighborhood. Yeah, you'll, you'll get the idiots that want to take a selfie with it, yep. you know, but just leave it alone, let it be, stop making a big deal about it, and we're probably going to get more to come because the population is growing, they need to spread their range, they can't all be stuck in the central mass and western mass, population grows, they've got to move on. So just leave it alone and live with it like we, like everybody else does. It could very well be, too, that, you know, he's scoping out a summer spot, maybe he wants to have a little place to, to go for a few weeks during the summer. Yeah, well, it, it, he's probably an adolescent male 
overspreading his range. He doesn't want to stick around anymore. So he's moving on, finding his own territory. See, as he got booted out by his mother because they stayed with the mother for two years. And it's the rut. It's the mating season. So he's probably looking for females, too. So. We, we've actually got people commenting on the story in the different places I've shared it around, commenting things like "just kill the bear already and get and get it over with." It's like what a what a horrible way to look at this. You know, this yeah. is this is a wonderful thing. It's just we just got to be responsible with it. Yeah, and we don't don't call EPOs. We don't need, we don't need to tranquilize and get it out of you. Just leave it alone. And let it do its thing. Well, it sounds like good advice to me. Yeah. All right, Tim. Have Thank a good you. weekend. You too. Bye bye. And uh, we can try to squeeze in a few more calls or app chat messages. But right now, i got to take my final break of the program for this morning. And you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. That means that I don't have to work. I'm going to go out to some of these memorial exercises. But I want to go out and get myself a good breakfast before I do that. Well... Why not go to Just Another Phoenix Restaurant? Because it's not just another breakfast place. They have all kinds of great things like that you can't find anywhere else. Yes, you can get all of your favorites, but you can get new and creative items that you've never even thought of. They have a great specials menu every day that has some creative ideas like my favorite, Boston cream, stuffed French toast. They also will do things like red velvet pancakes, tuxedo pancakes, different omelets, different sandwiches. They always have things that are very interesting and that you will definitely enjoy. And of course, if you want to just get something simple like a cheese roll, you can get one of their cheese rolls that are stuffed with any vegetable that you want or all the vegetables, any meat that you want. They can do it all there at Just Another Phoenix. And what's really great about it is that you don't even have to go in the restaurant if you have other Memorial Day weekend things you need to get to. You can call up and order it and pick it up from their drive through window without even getting out of the car. Check them out. Just another Phoenix restaurant on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. Give them a try and let me know what you had so that uh, maybe maybe next time I go in, I can try something different instead of just asking them every time, do you have any of the Boston cream stuffed French toast, even if it's not on the menu? So check them out and let me know what you think. Also, a reminder that Bay Coast Bank proudly presents the 8th Annual Lemonade Day South Coast. It's happening Saturday, June 24th. I want you to mark that in your calendar, and I want you to jump online this weekend while you have some time and get registered with the kids, southcoastlemonadeday.org. You can also go to wbsm.com and click on the Lemonade Day post there as well. And Lemonade Day is made possible with community support from JT Realty Insurance Group, Precise Inc., Somerset Country Wine and Spirits, A&M Driving School, and 7-Eleven in Mattapoisett. So take the time this weekend to go on to the website to southcoastlemonadeday.org to the WBSM.com site, however you want to get to the portal, and then register so that they send you that packet so that you can start to plan out your lemonade stand the, you know, I'm telling you, June 24th is going to be here before you know it. you got to start mixing that lemonade, baking those goodies.